Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. The title of the message today is The Free and the Brave. The Free and the Brave. And we rejoice this weekend because we're celebrating uh, the birth date of what, what important document what, what was, it goes back to this date 245 years ago, do you know? Declaration. Declaration of Independence, right? The Second Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776, yes. And it was a, it was a declaration of independence from the oppression of men and dependence on our Creator. It was a bold move saying, we don't need to submit to your oppression in order to be safe, earthly king, that we're going to put our faith in our creator to be our provider and to birth an entire nation. Powerful move. And I want to encourage you, if you've gone through the public school system or even some private schools, to, to uh, actually study real history. Because what you got in public school wasn't real history. You got some twisted, perverted, uh, dark, made-up perspective of what happened that didn't really happen. So you got some truth mixed in with a lot of political uh, agendas. But if you actually read the writings of the people who've gone before us, it'll blow your mind. And I remember when I began, because I was kind of, uh, you know, made to believe that our, our founding fathers were a bunch of, of uh, bumbling fools, you know, and they were racists. And, and, and then I actually started, I got older, I started reading the scriptures, I started reading what they actually wrote. I thought these men were brilliant. They had a revelation of things that we need today. They weren't perfect. But I want you to understand something. A revelation of freedom was given to those who gave themselves to birth this nation by the Spirit of God. Whether all of them realized it or not, the Spirit of God was moving in the earth to create a nation where people can come from every other nation and be free. I want to start in Galatians chapter 5 Verse 1, freedom is a word that many don't even understand. We pray that the understanding of real freedom would grow in our nation, in every government official, in every leader, in every business owner, in every student, in every uh, young person. It is impossible to know what real freedom is apart from Christ because he is freedom in person. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. So it sounds to me, sounds 
like to me that freedom is a priority of the Father. Would you agree with that based on what we just read? It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So we see that God is for freedom and against slavery. We see that. Right? Talk to me. I want to know your way. Do we see that? He's for freedom against slavery. Right? All forms of slavery. Any type of slavery. The Passion Translation says this, Let me be clear. The Anointed One has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. We cherish the truth that freedom is God's priority, that when we put our faith in Christ, we became free, and we stubbornly refuse to go backwards. We absolutely reject bondage of any type, in any form, for any reason, at any time. Because freedom is the nature of our Father. Now, in John chapter 8, verse 31, freedom is talking. And he says this, Then freedom said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word. So that's conditional, right? The love of God is unconditional. Do you know that? That means it's yours no matter what. Whether or not you experience it is conditional because it depends on what you believe. As far as God is concerned, his love is all yours. Everything he has is yours. But you have to personally exercise your free will to know Him, to follow Him, to walk with Him, to grow in relationship with Him. If you don't do that, He can't do anything for you. We can limit or prevent the good things that God has for us from happening by not abiding in Him, by not pursuing Him, by not choosing Him above all else. It's so important to understand that. You don't ever have to look to God and say why. Because we know God is good. He'll never hurt you. He doesn't cause tragedies. He doesn't bring sickness. He's never done anything unjust to anybody. So I, I look at my heart, or I speak to my heart, and I speak to my mind, and I say, Jesus is Lord. He is everything you've been looking for. I tell myself this during my prayer time. I speak to my mind. I speak to my soul. I say, soul, praise him. He's the answer to your dreams. He's the fulfillment of, of, of all that you've ever longed for that is good. Body, worship him. Body, praise him. Body, jump and shout and dance and sing because he is your savior. You've got to train yourself to, to abide in him. You can't just let your mind and emotions go on autopilot because it could be a few days later and it's like I don't even want to serve him anymore because 
there are spirits of darkness that are whispering things to you about yourself and about God and about your past and about your future that, are, that, are, that will discourage you and weaken you and keep you from standing up and being the person God made you to be. Jesus said, if you abide, that means live. Where's my abode? My home. It's where I live. It's where you find me. Right? It's where I go to rest. It's where I go to eat cheeseburgers on the grill and hot dogs and Jennifer's pretzel salad. It's where I sleep. It's where I shower and brush my teeth. It's where I I do the things that I need to do. It's a refuge. It's a place of peace. If you abide in me, if you rest in me, if you eat me, didn't Jesus say that also in his ministry? In other words, if you uh, grab a hold of everything I've said and done and chew on it with your mind, meditate in it, speak it forth, say it with your mouth, you'll experience it. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And look at the the very first word. So go back to verse uh, 31. I'm sorry. Um, The very first word of freedom statement is if. You see that, right? That's the condition. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32. Go ahead. Verse 32. Then. So if you abide in me, then you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What if I don't abide in him? I don't know the truth. I, I, and I can't be free. This has nothing to do with political groups. We're talking about human beings and our creator. The creator speaking, whose very nature is freedom, he said, if you abide in me, then... If you make me your home, if I'm the one you lean on and rest in, if I'm the one you feed on and eat, if I'm the one you bathe in, then you'll know the truth and then you'll be free. So if I don't abide in the Word, I'm telling you, if you don't have a hard copy Bible, you're never going to enjoy real freedom. There are, and still today, there are places in the world you can't get one of these. There are, there are periods of history prior to this nation where uh, that people were being burned at the stake for reading this book. Why? Because Satan is, is, is the god of bondage. He's the father of lies. Freedom is so against what he, what he wants for your life. So he doesn't want you to have a hard copy Bible. And if you do have it, he doesn't want you to understand it. He doesn't want you to come here and learn and grow in the Word. He wants you to be legalistic with it. Right? But we're going to abide. See, it, it takes time to live in a house, doesn't it? I can own a house, but if I never live in it, I don't experience the benefits of it, right? We bought our, this recent home back in 2008. We've been living in it for a while. But, you know, once you move in, it's, you, there's stuff in boxes sometimes for weeks, right? you got to decide, where do I put that? See, there are, there are things inside of you that as you spend time with him, you'll see where to put them. And when you move, it's a great time to take inventory because I'm moving into a new home, a home I've never lived in before, and I start to realize, wait, I've got a lot of stuff I really don't need anymore. Yard sale. 
right? Or 1-800-GOT-JUNK, right? Well, when you start abiding in Christ, inevitably the Holy Spirit's going to show you there are things in your life you don't need anymore. There are things you've got to call 1-800-GOT-JUNK and say, come get this because I don't need it anymore, right? And then he'll start unpacking boxes of things you didn't even know were inside of you. And I'll say, I want to show you this. Do you know I gave this ability to you and I made you to do this and I've created you for this and, and I want to show you how to employ this. And it's, it's unlike anything I've ever known. When you make him your home and you abide in him, he'll show you uh, what to unpack, what to place, and what to discard. But it doesn't happen in a day. I mean, we got everything we could into our home probably in a 24-hour period, but we weren't living in it yet. It took a while before we lived in it. We've been living in it now for almost 13 years. So if you live in me, then you'll know the truth. So if I were me, which I am, or if I were you, I'd start living in him today, right? Because I want to be free. I can't know freedom apart from Christ. Forget the media. They have no idea what freedom is. They're, all, they're trying to move you because there's an agenda. They're being funded by people that have an agenda that don't understand freedom at all. It's just true, okay? And you need to know that. And many of the, of the uh, celebrities in music, music artists and actors are, are caught up in the midst of it. And they become spokespersons uh, for, for foolish ideas. But they're talented and they're good looking and, and they've made some great movies and, and hits. But don't let that move you to accept what they say. We abide in Christ, not in Hollywood. Not in the music industry. We abide in Christ. We don't abide in Instagram or TikTok. We don't abide in social media. We abide in Christ. Come on. Right? I don't want to give social media more time than I give my Lord. Then I'd be abiding in social media, wouldn't I? Right? Hallelujah. Our home, to this point, has been the greatest investment we ever made. We bought our first home in 1999. Why did we do that? Because we were married and we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. And we, we, we lived in, a, our first apartment was over in Italy, overseas, and we, we didn't own it. We rented it, and we came stateside, and then we, we were in some different apartments, but we said, we want to get a home. So we got our first home in 99, our second home in 2008. But it was the greatest investment that we've made to this point because we've lived life there. We've had children and raised children there. We've known God there. We've seen God do amazing things there. Knowing Christ is ingredient. Making Christ your home is the greatest investment you'll ever make. Are we doing okay? We still awake. You can talk to me. It's good. I like to hear it. So let me give you some definitions of freedom that you won't find in the dictionary. But as I meditate on these things over the years, the Holy Spirit would give me these definitions. Freedom. Knowing God as He is. 
Knowing God as he is, is freedom. Apart from the limitations of sin and the wisdom of man. Knowing God as he is. Christ defeated sin for us. Right? We're dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus, so sin's not a problem anymore, right? I know you don't hear that in a lot of churches, but it's the truth anyway. That's why I need to come here so you can hear the real deal, right? That you're a new creation, you're dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus, you're not in bondage to any sin anymore. Sin has no power over you. You say what Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. So knowing God as he is, that's real freedom. Second definition, unrestricted access to God. Unrestricted. Backstage pass to God. Dinner with God every day. Freedom. Breakfast with God. Lunch with God. Freedom. Unhindered relationship with God. Freedom. And the final one I want to give you today is this. A permanent position in the presence of God. Freedom. A permanent position in the presence of God that no one can take from you. Permanent position in the presence of God. I wonder if you ever read this scripture in in reference to freedom. Psalm 16, verse 11. It's a freedom scripture. Maybe you didn't think of it that way, but you will today. Psalm 1611, a permanent position in the presence of God. Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. Don't stress over your, your decisions. Let God show you what to do. He'll show you. He'll show you. Yes, he will. Abide in him. He'll show you. It was just this morning, a little simple thing. I, I carry this little... Uh, pack little, I don't know, a satchel of adapters and cables that I need for different things, and I keep it in my uh, briefcase. And I went to open it this morning, and it wasn't in there. That's where it always is. And I I was tempted to say, oh, I don't have my adapters and things I need for today. And and then I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I learned this back in 1989. Because I know Christ, I never have to say, oh, no. So I had to remind myself of that, right? And I said, as I, I said, Holy Spirit, show me where that is. I do that if my keys can't find it. I say, Holy Spirit, show me where my keys are. My wife, anybody. We, we can't find anything. We say, Holy Spirit, show us where it is. So we're riding to church, and he showed me. I said, oh, I remember. I put this, that, and there, and I gave it to so-and-so with some things. Said, oh, that's where it is. Cool, right? That's the, that's the presence of God, right? He, he shows you. The path of life. He shows you what to do and when to do it. He will. Just let him. Just abide in him. Ask him. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What is God's will for your life? Fullness of joy and continual pleasures. Let me ask you a question. Where is God's presence? In you, if you're a believer. 
If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, we, we gave you an opportunity to do that this, earlier this morning, right? If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the presence of God is in you now. Why don't I feel fullness of joy? You've got to train your mind and your, and your emotions. You've got to renew your mind. And, boy, I have been doing this like I've never done it before in this past, I don't know, three to five years. The, the moment discouragement starts rubbing against me, I start praising him. God, you're so good. Lord, you're everything I could ever desire. Father, thank you. You've gone before me and made a way for me. You're working all things out for my good. Lord, I rejoice in you and I bless you and I praise you. Father, you love me perfectly. Lord, you provided for me abundantly. God, you, you're showing me the path of life in your presence, which is in me, is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. You have, that's abiding in him. Do you know when you, when you, Make yourself praise him, you're learning to abide in him. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. There's no despair in his presence. There's no anxiety. There's no frustration in his presence. And I'm, I'm, I'm really on this. <laughs> but if I'm tempted to be frustrated because things don't seem to be going the way I want them, I'm training myself to begin praising him. This applies, and we were, we were talking on Wednesday night. We've been doing two Wednesday night Bible studies on marriage. This works in marriage. The, the moment you're tempted to be frustrated with your spouse, begin to praise the Lord. Begin to worship him. Begin to thank him for your spouse. Begin just start singing and dancing right there in your kitchen with your spouse. Start praising him. Start worshiping him. In his presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's freedom. And you've been given a permanent position in his presence. You've been seated at his right hand, and no one can remove you. His presence is in you forever. That means freedom reigns inside of you forever. That's why sin has no hold on you. If, you're, if you've been, have a past of dealing with some kind of bondage, whether it be drugs or alcohol or pornography or depression, whatever it might be, that's not who you are anymore. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Fullness of joy is your new nature. Freedom is your new nature. You're not, you're not connected to crack anymore. You're not connected to marijuana anymore. You're not connected to Jack Daniels anymore. You're not connected to those things anymore. That connection was broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are free and you're free indeed. Hallelujah. You're completely free. Completely free. Completely free. Completely and wonderfully free. Begin to tell yourself this. You are the greatest preacher you'll ever meet. You are the preacher you listen to the most. But you've got to open up your mouth and preach to yourself. There's nothing crazy about that. We're meant to live that way. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself how free you are. Tell yourself that you're in the presence of God and the presence of God is in you. That fullness of joy is yours forevermore. See, that, that brings what's in you to the surface. 
that takes all of the life of God that's in your spirit and it, it draws it out into your soul and into your body and into your situation. Hallelujah. Now, we still awake. This is what the Father desires for, desires for you. It's His will for you to have fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore, to prosper and to be in health. But as much as He desires this, we are the one who determine how much of God we experience, how much He can bless us. Isn't that amazing? I determine how much He can bless me. How? By what I believe. That's why Satan works so hard to get you to believe things that are untrue. That's why he's got so many working for him uh, to try and sell you ideas about God and yourself and American society that simply aren't true. If I believe things that are untrue, I'm blocking what God wants to do in my life. I put up a barricade for his blessing. So the Holy Spirit is so gracious. Ask him, say, show me, Holy Spirit, if there's anything I've accepted, anything I'm believing or looking to that is, un, that, is, that is contrary to you, that is ungodly, that's not in agreement with your person, the person of Christ. I ask these things of the Holy Spirit. I say, show me, Father. Change me. Transform me. I'm ready to let go of anything at any time if you show me and lead me to do so. Right? Now, this is amazing. We, we celebrating 1774, but really, the freedom we enjoy began when Christ rose from the dead. When he ascended to the Father and presented his blood in the Holy of Holies and the Holy Spirit descended. Hallelujah. And the church was born. But if you go back, it's amazing to follow in the 1400s, the 1500s, and the 1600s, the people that said yes to God at great sacrifice, even their own lives. Throughout history, God has searched people, searched for people who have chosen to give him their whole heart. Their whole heart, not 20%. We don't tithe, we don't give God a tithe of our heart, just our money. Our heart's 100% his, right? Hallelujah, we're just imitating him, right? In 2 Chronicles 16.9, one of the very first scriptures I learned, probably in the first five scriptures I learned, I'd bet, said, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So the eyes of God are searching the earth, looking for hearts who are loyal to him. The New American Standard says whose heart is completely his. You can't fake this. You can, we can fake each other. We can fool each other. We can put on all kinds of faces and airs and, and pro pics and all that stuff. But this is something you can't fake. The Father is looking for hearts that belong fully to Him. That's your heart, isn't it? That's your heart. That's why you're here. That's your heart. Hallelujah. If we go all the way back to Noah, 
amazing man. Can't, can't imagine what it must have been like. He was the only righteous man left on the earth. It got so bad that the thoughts and imaginations of mankind were only evil. Phew. That's what the scriptures tell us. Except for Noah and his family. Talk about standing up for God, right? You're the only one. Are you willing to be a Noah? Sure. Why? Because heaven's our home, right? And God spoke to Noah, Noah, which means rest, right? God's your home. Home's where you rest. Noah, rest. Found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and God spoke to him to build an ark. You know, the ark that he built, we don't know exactly how many years. Could have been anywhere from 55 to even 100 years it took him to build that. Now, imagine he did that in the midst of a world where the thoughts and imaginations of everyone else was only evil. Talk about a heart that fully belongs to the Lord. You imagine the persecution he must have endured? What his Insta page must have looked like, right? All the negative comments that his son had to go on and delete, and, Right? All throughout history. What about Abraham? What about good old Abe, right? Who said yes to the Father to walk away from the pagan worship that he was raised on and follow God. He didn't even know where he was going. To believe God to become the father of many nations and his wife was barren at that time. To believe that God's word would make his wife fruitful, that they would bear children and that from her womb would come the very Messiah. Talk about a heart fully devoted to the Lord. What about Joseph? Love Joseph. He's one of my heroes. Captain America's okay, but I'll take Joseph any day of the week. He's, my, he's a real superhero. He chose his heart fully belonged to the Lord, even when his whole family turned on him, decided, his brothers decided to kill him. They said, well, let's, we'll just, one of them stood up and said, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery and say he died. That was nice of them, wasn't it? <laughs> if that's the best your brothers can do for you, then you need some new brothers, right? <laughs> but all through that, through gross persecution, betrayal, lies told of him, false accusation, imprisonment, he kept his heart fully devoted to the Lord. Hallelujah. What about David? Man, love that guy. Young man who was not acknowledged by his own father was left in the fields that the prophet came to their home and he didn't, even, he didn't even call David to come in. Didn't even think David was worth it, that the prophet would never want to pick someone like him. Yet he was the very one God had chosen. See, the world doesn't think you're worth it, but you're the one God has chosen. What about Daniel? Love him. Man, oh man. In the midst of a pagan king and nation, he follows God. Accused of things he didn't do, he gets thrown in a den of lions and he uses them as pillow pets. I love it. And then his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what about, what about John the Baptist? What about the Apostle John? They try and uh, execute him and boil him and it doesn't work. They've got to exile him to the Isle of Patmos where he, he meets with Jesus and writes the book of Revelation. What about uh, Paul, and Peter, and James? What about the separatists? 
in the early 1600 that left England to worship God according to their conscience. I think it was like 1608, 1609, somewhere in there, where a small group of people left the Church of England because they saw things that the Church of England was doing that were contrary to the Scriptures, and they wanted to worship God as they believed according to the Scriptures. They wanted the freedom to worship Him, and they went to Holland. And they were there for about 11 years. But it got so bad, they were looking for another place. We've got to go somewhere where we can be free to worship God. And guess where they went? Yeah, it wasn't their destination, but they ended up at Plymouth Rock, right? The separatists. They were choosing to separate. I think on the whole ship, what was it, 100 people? Was it 100? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, close to 100. Not all of them were going for the same reason, but there was a group of people that were going because they wanted to worship God according to their conscience. And and from that simple decision, they endured so much persecution. Many died on the way. And from that, so that that was when? When did they land in North America? Anybody know? Good job. 1620. Yeah. That's long before 1776, isn't it? How many years is that before the Declaration of Independence? 156, right? It's a long time. See, this freedom happened a long time ago. Anne Hutchison, you hear us talk about her a lot. Jennifer read a book on her in this past year, was it? Within the past year or so. A woman who lived in England, and she heard the gospel of grace from a preacher. And she, may, she, she couldn't get enough. She would get on, travel on horseback. And this is living in a culture where women were not respected or esteemed or considered equal to men. She would travel for hours on horseback one way to hear the gospel preached. I think the church service lasted for several hours. Uh, and then after church, there was a Bible study, which lasted a long time. And then she'd ride back on horseback home several hours. And she would do, because she couldn't get enough of the gospel. She sounds like an axe person, right? Couldn't get enough. And then the preacher that she was following went to America, to Boston. So she said, I'm going to Boston. Because this gospel of grace is too important. I've got to be where it's preached. And I'm not hearing it where I'm at. Except through this, this ministry. She had a wisdom to pursue the true knowledge of God. And she began to have a Bible study in her home, a woman in 1600. This was not done. It was not permitted. And this Bible study grew, and her husband was in agreement. And it grew to, what, 80 people or something? And and it it raised the attention of of the church in Boston. They didn't like, what's going on here? And she talked about having an inner light where you can read the scriptures and understand them yourself. Oh, that's bad. Church didn't like that. Why? Because if I got people understanding the scriptures on their own, I can't control them. They can't be free. I don't want people to be free. I want them to listen to my government mandates. I want the people to think they need me to tell them what is right and wrong. You don't need anyone to tell you what is right and wrong. God himself will speak to you. She was persecuted severely, brought on trial for simply teaching the Bible, 
teaching that you could read the Bible and understand it. And she was excommunicated from that community. And she ended up going to uh, meeting Roger Williams, I believe. Right? Did he help her in Rhode Island? Yeah. I didn't know if she met him and then that led to Portsmouth. But anyway, she ended up founding Portsmouth, Rhode Island. And you can find a little uh, memorial to her there in Portsmouth as you go on to the Aquidneck Island. People, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. You have no idea of the fruit that can come from your yes to the Father. Yes, just say yes. You have no idea of how many lives can be set free when you give your whole heart to him. See, when you give your whole heart to him, you're not so touchy anymore. You're not so touchy. Well, they didn't talk to me right, and they didn't say this, and I don't like them. And You're not like that. When your whole heart belongs to him, all of a sudden love is consuming you, and you see people differently. Even though they may not be acting lovely, you love them. It's the heart of the Father, right? So this revelation of freedom we see in our founding documents. Read them for yourself. Don't let the media tell you what they say. I've heard so many things. Well, the Constitution says this. Read it. Don't let someone tell you what it says. And you know what? It's going to take time to, to, to read through it. But it's a very concise document. Amazingly concise and efficient. And the Declaration of Independence, for which preceded that, and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, we see this revelation of freedom in the founding documents of our nation that was brought about by the Spirit of God. Let me give you an example. Let's put the beginning of the Declaration of Independence up there. Are we okay? You, didn't, you don't have any burgers on the grill yet, do you? All right. Declaration of Independence. Let's read. Can we put that up there? Go ahead. Pop that maybe up there. Thank you. This is the very beginning. We're not going to read the whole thing. Now, if you don't see the Spirit of God in this, you're missing something big. All right? We hold these truths to be self-evident, obvious, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. What does that word mean? No one can take them away. They're given by God to you, and no one can take them away. That among these are life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Sounds like Psalm 1611 to me. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. That's a revelation. Now, whether, again, whether they were attributing that to the Spirit of God as they wrote it, I don't know, but that's the Spirit of God giving them an understanding of real freedom. The Spirit of God is moving. He will move through people whether they understand Him or not. He moves through unbelievers. He's not living in them, but he'll move through them. If someone's pursuing something, he can somehow uh, utilize where they're currently at to, to bring his goodness into the earth. He'll do it. Hallelujah. Now, 
According to our declaration, every human being has a right to life. Every human being. Even if they don't root for the Patriots, right? Giants fans have a right to life, right? But let me ask you a question. Where were you before your birthday? Before the day you were born, where were you? In your mother's womb. Were you a human being? <laughs> Isn't that a crazy question? <laughs> what else were you being? Of course you were. You were in your mother's womb about nine months. Right? Maybe a little early, maybe a little late. You're a human being. You have a right to life. Every human being has a right to life. No government has the authority to take that away. Abortion is as ungodly as you can get. To kill a baby in the womb because you want to sell its body parts? That's what's going on, folks. Just being real with you. Or because you, it's inconvenient and you don't want to uh, change your life to be responsible for this child? That's ungodly. I, I'm not shaming anyone and I'm not putting anyone down who had an abortion. God loves you and we love you. But we've got to wake up to the reality of this gross injustice. I know of no greater injustice in America than abortion. I know of no greater injustice because they cannot speak for themselves. They cannot defend themselves. I don't know of any greater injustice than, than attacking someone who's defenseless, especially a baby. Father, help this nation to wake up to stand up for the unborn, and to realize what's going on behind closed doors. In Jesus' name. Now, the right of life was given to every human being by God. Let's look at Proverbs 18.21. We're going to go through, look at another, uh, another statement in the Bill of Rights. But let's look at Proverbs 18.21 first. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, speech, words, right? And those who love it will eat its fruit. That's the word of God, right? Look, look what freedom said in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, principle of life. Remember, right? Everyone, every human being has a right to life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If we want life, we have to use our tongue. We have to speak and say what God says, right? Freedom said in Mark eleven twenty two. Freedom answered and said to them, Have faith in God constantly. Embrace this God life. Death and life, the power of the tongue. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, you can't say quietly, it's out loud with your mouth, your vocal cords. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. There's three times he's talking about your tongue in one verse, freedom. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The Constitution 
was written and later the Bill of Rights were added and the very first amendment, the very first amendment is the most important one. Can we put that up there, please? Amendment number one, not the whole thing, but at least the, the, the foundation of it. This is the first amendment in our Bill of Rights in our nation. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. Do you see how the Declaration and the Bill of Rights go together? Every human being has the right to life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We've got to preserve every human being's right to speak. If you, if you don't speak life, you won't experience life. Or of the press, or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's why the whole concept of political correctness is so ungodly. What, it, what is really politically correctness? It's people telling you what you can and can't say. It's people trying to define you, trying to say, you can't say that word anymore. We're going to give you a new word to say, and if you don't say our new word, then you're a racist. You need to be canceled. You need to be silenced. Racist has become this button word that has nothing to do with real racism. Do you know the Bible doesn't use that word? It speaks of two races, the human race and a chosen race. When you believe in Jesus, you become part of the chosen race. The Bible speaks of nations, not races. That's man's confusion. What color is your skin? What race are you? That's man's confusion. What nation are you from is how the Bible thinks. What nation are you from? Right? If you're a human being, you're of the human race. We're all equal, right? If you put your faith in Christ, you're in a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Where's that in the Bible? Anybody know? Is it 2 Peter 1.9 or 1 Peter 1.9? I think it's 2 Peter 1.9, right? It's good to know the Bible, who you are, right? Hallelujah. Very impressive, isn't it, to look at, at the, the words of our founding fathers that they penned and what they mean to us today. You were made free. You are designed by God to be free. No other human being has a right to tell you what you can or can't say. And our Bill of Rights protects that. So you see how far we've gotten from that with what government officials are trying to do to shut down people who speak or think differently than they do, right? That's contrary to what we stand for. That's contrary to freedom. I don't mind hearing opposing views, right? I don't mind. I, I, the media I know is most of it's garbage, but that's okay. You know, I'm not going to try and shut that down. 
I realize they have, people have freedom to say whatever they want to say. I'm not going to listen to it or believe it, but they have a freedom to be stupid, right? You do. You have a freedom to believe whatever you want to believe. I can believe what anyone says. I have that freedom. doesn't mean it's true, but I have that freedom. But even though you were given that inalienable right to be free, if you're going to truly be free and stay free, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to be strong. Why? Because we're living in an unfree world. Because the, Satan is the god of this world, and his goal is bondage for mankind. And the way that he goes about that is to try and turn us against each other. That's what this whole political correctness is all about, to try and cause division and fighting and turning against each other. They didn't address me by my proper title. They need to be canceled. They're not recognizing my culture. They need to be canceled. I'm not interested in anybody recognizing my culture. I'm interested in people knowing the one who made them. Because he's my nation. Right? When Jesus becomes your nation, you'll become free. Let's finish with Ephesians chapter 6, and then we'll be done. You are made free, but if you're going to stay free, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to, to purpose to know God, purpose to abide in Him, purpose to believe what He says instead of what man says, purpose to rise above political correctness and stay true to the nature of your Father. Don't go with the flow of social media and the news media. Learn what Jesus has to say. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Not talking about steroids. Talking about a strength that, that is out of this world. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So people aren't the problem. So stop getting mad at people. So the devil, we see, has schemes. What are the devil's schemes? To put you into bondage. To take freedom away from you. To sell you things. To sell you ideas that will keep you from being the real you. Our, strength, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where the battle is. Now, people are influenced by these spirits every day. A lot of our government officials are being severely influenced by these spirits of darkness. You can tell it by their speech. They don't say godly things. They, they're in this this darkness of politically correct agendas. You can hear it in their speech. It's not Jesus talking. 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. So you see, there's God's part and our part. We've got to purpose to know Him, to appropriate the equipment He's given us, His Word, to learn how to apply it in our daily lives. Take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins Where are your loins at? Right here. Your reproductive system. Why does God start there? It's very important. Have your reproductive system gird about with truth. You need to know who you are and what you were made to reproduce. God gave us our reproductive systems. Man didn't, and man has no right to try and mess with them and change them, and mutilate them. You are given a reproductive system by your heavenly Father, and that's who you are. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Gird your loins with truth. Gird gird your mind with the truth about who you were made to be. Hallelujah. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. That's a pure heart. Knowing that God has given you his righteousness and you're standing upon this righteousness by faith, and your feet, my feet take me where I want to go, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I don't go around mad at the world trying to to condemn them and say what they should and shouldn't do. I've got peace everywhere I go. I've got joy everywhere I go. When they meet me, they meet love and joy and peace. We're not angry, mad people. We're full of joy, loving, peaceful people, right? Above all things, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Wow. Shield of faith. What are the fiery darts of the evil one? Ungodly ideas, thoughts, right? And take the helmet of salvation, that's your mind, right? Meditate in the word of God and his salvation that he's provided for you in Christ. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let me just read a few, those last few verses out of the message translation. Can we put that up there? Then we're done. Verse 14, truth. Remember, Jesus is the person of truth, right? Righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Father, we thank you for being our freedom. We thank you that you are faithful. You've made us free, and you're faithful to keep us free. And Father, we rise above the noise of hatred and political correctness and all of the the lies that are being promoted in this nation. We declare that you are our freedom. And that you made every human being equal. 
and we love every human being. And we see them as your creation. We see them as, as beings made in your image. And we will walk in your love towards others. We will speak your love and your joy and peace to those around us. We will walk in the Spirit and we will, we will wear our full armor. We will gird our loins with the truth about who you are and who you made us to be. We will uh, believe and stand upon the righteousness that you've given us. We will renew our minds with your salvation. We will employ the sword of your spirit, the word of God, in every area of our lives. We will take steps with our feet shod with the peace of Jesus Christ. And we'll fellowship with you all throughout the day, praying and speaking by your spirit. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray again for not only this nation, but I pray right now for this highway family. Those who are joining us online and those who are a part of this family here in the warehouse. Father, strengthen us. Open our eyes to rise above the, the, the sayings of man. To rise above the accusations and the hate and the, 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 the political correctness and to look to you for wisdom, to meditate, to abide in you, to say what you say, to believe what you say, to, to know you, to follow you, not the ways of man. To look at every human being as you look at them, as a priceless creation that you created, to value every human life, to speak life, to speak on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Father, I ask you to move by your spirit throughout this nation. Lord, I pray that every abortion clinic would be closed in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that, that those who are considering abortion would realize that you're the author of life and that you will be their provider if they'll just look to you, that you love them, that you're not uh, looking down on them, that you're not disappointed in them, but that you, you've provided uh, a, a, a rich future for them. No matter what the past, no matter what situation they may currently be, be in, no matter what happened to bring them to this point, but they would choose life. Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you would strengthen ministries like your options medical to follow you and, 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 and to believe in you and to receive your provision to reach more and more people with the option of life. And Lord, I pray for young men and young men and women of all ages who have been told lies about their reproductive system. Father, I pray you would open their eyes that they would realize that you made them that you gave them their reproductive system and that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that they would stand up and be the men and the women that you've created them to be, that your love would cascade all over them, that they would see themselves as you see them, that they wouldn't listen to the enemy any longer. In Jesus' name. God is so good. 
We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.